0: to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is on To All the Boys, Always and Forever. Joining me today, she just got her new commuter shoes for her eventual move to New York. It's Lisa Koshmakti.
1: Hi, Josh. Thanks for having me. It's our third and final. I'm so sad, but happy to be here.
0: Yes. Also joining us, she's just waiting on a guy to send her an Oasis playlist. It's Denise Ackerman. <laughs>
2: Hi. I, you know, we, we're we getting back together pretty soon since the last time, so I'm happy to be here again.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have both of you guys here. It makes me feel uh, pretty proud that like I'm now finishing a trilogy on this podcast. I was looking at it before. It was episode 14 that Lissa and Denise first joined me to talk about To All the Boys I've Loved Before, and now we are exactly 150 episodes later on episode 164, so um uh, makes me feel old. But also proud. To All the Boys, Always and Forever is the third movie in the To All the Boys I've Loved Before series. While well, we pick up with uh, Laura Jean Covey and Peter Kavinsky, who are going strong in the home stretch of their senior year after Laura Jean incorrectly picked him over John Ambrose at the end of the last movie. Uh, it's also college acceptance season. Peter Kavinsky has gotten into Stanford, and the only way someone of his level of intelligence could get into Stanford, through a lacrosse scholarship, and uh, Laura Jean is hoping to join him in Palo Alto, but her sister Margot, who is now approximately 35 years old, is pushing her <laughs> to go to college in New York, and uh, Laura Jean now has to balance the pressures of being drawn to the East Coast while she has her the love of her life. Uh, already committed to uh, be a lax bro at stanford and uh, all the drama and hijinks ensue uh, guys i think uh, all of us were pretty much in agreement on the first two movies that we've again talked about on this podcast before we thought the first one was delightful the second one which came out around this time last year uh not so much Lisa, i'm gonna start with you because i usually uh start with denise on these podcasts and i want to know from you though Did they land the plane? Did they finally uh, correct course and right the ship? And did they stick the landing in this trilogy after we weren't all so happy with the second movie? What what did you think of To All the Boys, Always and Forever?
1: In my humble opinion, I think they landed the plane. I squealed at the end when she said that love letters line. I'm not going to lie. And I really think they did a good job ending it. I think they wrapped it up really well. The pacing was so wonderful. Any mistakes they made in the second film, they they wrapped it up with a typo, in my opinion, for this film. And I thought it was a really sweet way to end the series. So that's that's
0: what I'm feeling. Denise, were you satisfied?
2: Yeah, I think this was a, to be honest, a marked improvement from the second one. I think all the things that we enjoyed about the first one, the earnestness of it, um, that relationship between Peter And Laura Jean um, and the family aspect. I'm sure, like, I just really liked seeing the sisters together and seeing Dr. Cubby find love with Trina. Um, I think there were a lot of questions that we had after one and two that were answered, um, kind of, you know, saying goodbye to their mom and paying homage to her when they went to Seoul, and then also welcoming their stepmom. I think there was a lot of growth for Laura Jean's character. That, um, you know, was a welcome change. And, you know, I mean, like, I think ultimately what I appreciated about these films as a whole and like kind of, again, finishing this trilogy is that um, everything feels so heightened and dramatic. Your first love, not getting into the college of your dreams. And I think there's something that feels so right about that, that it transported me back to being 17 and, and kind of starting that next chapter of your life, just being young adulthood and being in college. So, I don't know, I feel like I, I grew a little bit with her. You know, I, I, the first film, I was still in college when, when we chatted about it. So, um, right. a lot of things in my life, you know. Um, and so, I don't know, I just appreciate that we've been along for the ride. Um, and I I, I I enjoyed it a lot more than number two. So, I think it was a, a great finish.
0: I agree with you guys. Let me ask you a question. Have either of you or one of you ever watched The O.C.?
1: Only clip. I haven't. I feel like I'm in California. I should. But. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. I mean, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you need to watch the whole thing because, I mean, only the first season is, like, truly iconic and the, uh, the next two are a struggle and the fourth one is actually really good. But I've watched it all. And in the third season, a big plot line involves one character uh, telling his significant other that he got into a college that he did not get into. And one of my least favorite tropes in movies or TV is when like conflict is derived out of like someone withholding information that there is not good reason for them to tell the other person. And I thought that, uh, th- wow, that is going to be this movie's thing. It's like, it's, it's the, the thing in the first movie was them having this gimmick of a fake relationship, which would work. It was novel, it was cool. The second one, they wanted to have a love triangle, which I don't, I'm don't. i not necessarily opposed to. I just didn't really love the way they executed it. And now I was like, oh my God, they're going to need their gimmick for this movie and it's going to be this and she's going to hide something from them the whole time. So I was like dreading the rest of the movie after a cer- at a certain point where it looked like that was the road it might be headed down. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be like even worse than that last one. And then obviously like, it kind of turned around after that and like our i think at least my biggest problem I, di- I did not have time to go back and listen to our last podcast on uh p.s i love you or i still love you uh but i feel like one of my biggest qualms with that movie was that like peter kavinsky was just like a total fuck boy and we were just we were supposed to be happy for them at the end and so i was happy that like they actually made him like you know like good again and you know a big moment in the movie for me, and it's kind of small but also kind of big, was when she finally confesses to him she didn't get into Stanford. And instead of asking her, why didn't you tell me the truth right off the bat, he says, are you okay? And I really liked that. And, cause like that because I was like, okay, I know they're probably – first of all, I should say right now, guys, like feel free to spoil the movie. Like These movies are very accessible. Hundreds of millions of people watch them. And if anyone actually cares about it at this point, like they're going to watch it. They're not going to listen to us. The, our third podcast on this without having watched the movie. So we can talk right. about the end freely. I'll let you know that now. But I, I'll i just say personally, I would have liked them to have not ended up together. I think it would have been an interesting kind of choice. I'm not saying I... I'm, I'm giving the movie a thumbs up in spite of that. But I was kind of very worried that they were going to like try and make us... like. You know, like cheer for it at the end, even with some like ridiculous conflict throughout that would have made you cheer against them. So I was happy that like they actually made everyone like rational, good actors for the course of the movie. And that was what I appreciated most about it was that if it's gonna build towards this, I need to like these people and I wanna root for them. And even if I maybe I don't totally love exactly how they landed the plane at the very, very end, I still think on the whole, the movie was really good because it like showed these people being rational and having mature adult conversations that people need to have at this point in high school.
2: No, I can listen, you please feel free to like um jump in. I just like know that I'm gonna forget what what I'm <laughs> thinking. So I'll say it now and then you add, you add your commentary and your insight. That was something that I really appreciated that I feel like what the film did like what always and forever did best to me is is really give the character arc its full potential for both, uh, Laura Jean and, and Peter. And and the reason I say that is that Peter was respectful. You know, he, he realized when, you know, they were about to sleep with each other that that wasn't the time to do it and like he he knew that it, that that she would regret it and that it was just you know he's like are you sure and he stopped them and i think that like peter throughout even when um laura dean confesses that she didn't get into stanford or she says something that she's afraid will hurt his feelings he's always asking are you okay are you good um don't worry we're cool um you know when she's considering nyu all these things um and i think that that's the mark of a good boyfriend um i think that ultimately You know, listen. I actually spoke about this before we got on this podcast. I don't think they'll make it past the first semester. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe the first (laughs) year, because
0: wow, wow,
2: (laughs) that's how college is. You know, like.
0: And NY- what New York City is big. She's gonna have like so many other things on her mind.
2: There's so Girl, many. Girl,
1: she needs daughters. to be single in New York. She can't she do that
2: to her. her. She <laughs> needs to be single in New York. How like she has to date all the what I forgot the, the what the name of the finance school is. I had a, a high school classmate go to the finance school at NYU. So, you know, she's gonna date one of those finance boys, you know what I mean? Like um I <laughs> no, think it over with them. Yeah, she has to get it over with. I think that, you know, what I really liked ultimately about how they landed the plane in a good way. Cause I agree with you. I don't think they should have ended up together, but I did look it up and um, that's how Denny Hahn ended. The,
0: right. Know. Yeah. So stay true yeah. to that. I guess it's real. Yeah. You don't want to criticize the movie too much when it's being faithful to the book, but like from a storytelling perspective, like these people should probably not try and do long distance for four years, 3000 miles apart.
2: Not at all. And I, but I all think right. like, and I know we'll touch on it is that like Peter, Peter is dealing with, um, the feeling of abandonment that he had with his father. And I think that that was a really interesting piece of that film and the relationship that two of them have. And like, maybe we can talk about whether it didn't feel earned, but for that to extrapolate to how he, he feels somewhat abandoned by um, Laura Dean's choice to go to NYU, I think that was a really good dynamic um, to explore because sometimes we are, you know, our traumas and our perceptions of other relationships, color unintentionally, another relationship that we have. And so I think that for this to be a, you know, a, a somewhat teen rom-com, that was kind of cool.
0: Okay. Well, well, I guess we'll just get right into it with the relationship then, and, we're, and then we'll work our way backward towards the rest of the movie and how she uh, fell in love with New York. But, uh, Lisa, what did you think about uh, whether it be like, uh, I guess, well, I'll ask you, Lisa, because one thing I was like actually yeah. pretty impressed about, and Denise already mentioned it, was the conversation they had when uh, on prom night When uh, they go to prom together, uh, Peter is prom king, Laura Jean's like weighing her feelings, he's very proud about his crown, uh, but she is feeling very distant because uh, they've since already decided to go to different colleges, and Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, Laura Jean invites him in, thinking they're going to do the stereotypical thing and have sex on prom night, and when they're very close to it, he feels like he feels something is off, and uh, calls it off, and they actually kind of have it out, and they break up for a certain amount of time. And I thought it was actually like a really good scene that had both of them acting rationally while he does say like, well, like if you say you care about me so much, why are you not going somewhere else? And like, she's totally within her right to go somewhere else. But at the same time, based on what she's telling him, I don't think he's saying anything that's like overly offensive. And I thought it was like a really well-written scene. What did you think about how they like, just they wrote that relationship and the decisions these characters came to? Cause that was like my, like, like I said, even though I didn't necessarily agree with how the movie ended, I really respected the journey along the way and thought that's, that stuff was, like, really well-written. Do you agree, Lisa?
1: Yes, I completely agree, and I'm so glad we have Denise on because I feel like I had such a visceral reaction to this movie, and thank thank God for Denise and you for having um, educated responses because I'm just viewing it as, like... I can
0: see how you felt personally attacked. I read your Letterbox review.
1: <laughs> thank you. It was a therapy session. I apologize, but... Um, no, I think they wrote it really well. That scene, um, you know, even though prom was, has, is so far past us right now, it just feels like we were in that moment, and the way they wrote it was so well done because it was so raw, and the, the feeling that, you know, Laura Jean had after that was was so real. Like, the way she said, you know, we've been distant, I want to be close to you, but she thinks, you know, she kind of mistakes wanting that closeness as, as, you know, going towards the next step, but in reality... That close. This was more of a communication. I thought that was so honest, and and it wasn't cringy at all because they could have made that cringy, you know. But they had that honest conversation that really shows how far their relationship has come, and and that convo I think only made it stronger. So I love that scene. I I think you know even Peter saying you know this box means that you're you're saying goodbye and you're forgetting about me, but you know he's experiencing that first step of long distance too. So. It was a learning lesson for both in that relationship, and I thought it was really honest and I did really appreciate that scene because you know I'm sure yeah, younger people are watching that too, thinking they need to go all the way on prom night and they don't.
0: No, um, and let me ask you, because uh, Denise already mentioned, and I honestly had not even thought about it in those terms. I had a, I, On my notes I had written down, I was going to ask you guys if you thought the, the stuff with Peter's dad was like necessary, too tacked on, underbaked, or properly utilized, and I like how Denise said that like he might be feeling a certain way about his relationship with Laura Jean because he's already like, has some abandonment issues he probably hasn't fully worked through uh so listen did you think that like uh it the movie was effective and how it actually worked that into there because i think we hear about it in the first movie and briefly in the second movie so i went back and i watched parts of the end of the second movie again we'll we'll talk about jen a little bit and more so when we if we well, like i said we'll work our way backwards and talk about her even deciding she wants to go to nyu but i was like the reason i went back and felt the need to watch part of the second movie was because jen who like is just a complete bitch to everyone in the first movie was like all of a sudden like totally buddy buddy with everyone in this movie and i was like right wait i i guess i haven't watched the first the the uh, um the the last movie in over a year at this point and like i need to go back and be like where did they leave off and they left off at like this like moment where they give each other like old oh, friendship bracelets from this time capsule, and then that's it. So I guess it makes kind of sense they would have a little bit of a, a detente, and she would like want to be nice at that point, I suppose. Uh, but like the whole thing in that second movie, if you guys recall, is like she breaks up with Peter or like has a fight with Peter when she find he fi- she finds out that he like was comforting Jen and giving her a hug the morning before they go on their trip, and uh, or before they go on a, they go on like a cross road trip or something i don't know but like chris shows her a picture of like him hugging jen one morning and she's like oh my god how could you have like been hanging out there in the morning and it's like he comforted her because her parents were getting divorced and his parents are getting divorced and that was literally the only mention really of his dad but that as is a bigger part of the first movie when they're talking about it so it's like the movie the series has done the work to like set it up that like his dad has or lack thereof is the the, 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 not, the not having the presence of a dad in his life is a thing so yeah. i was like is this kind of extraneous having henry thomas of et fame show up at a bowling alley and then show up at a diner and i was like i don't know like i mean these guys are acting well but like is it tacked on and i i actually am now thinking about it in a different light after denise talks about it kind of like mm-hmm. informing the rest of like Peter's personality and his actions in this movie. What did you think when you were like, all of a sudden, like, wow, we're actually getting Peter's dad, Glissa?
1: Right. I was kind of in the same boat as you, and I'm glad Denise brought that up because I think it only adds to how well they wrote all of these character arcs because you could easily forget, you know, Peter's personal life. I will admit, like, between Peter's dad and Chris, those are two that I, I mean, those were two that I was kind of like, wait, I have to rethink about how they're involved in this and why she's nice and why he's back in his life right now. But, you know, on a personal note too, like I'm, I'm in a similar situation with my dad. So it was kind of nice to see that play on screen because I think the older you get, the more you want to connect with your parents and the more you're trying to figure out like why you make certain choices. And I liked the connection between like him reaching out to his dad and him realizing to make it work with Laura Jean, like he's going to have to put in the work too. And and it's kind of that mutual relationship and respect. So I think bringing him in is, is huge because he's very famous. And so it was kind of jarring to see him just at the bowling alley at first. Um, But I think the diner scene is really nice afterwards. And I really appreciate that they included that. I know Denise mentioned that and has more thoughts, but
2: straight up. This is how I feel. We're just going to go from the back to the climax and um, to the ending. Um, I think, well, I think that that's why all of the for me, this film worked so well because again, as as Josh so aptly said, the first film was not just about the relationship between Peter Kabinsky and Laura Jean. It was also about their conflicts with exes or their conflicts with their parents or their conflicts with their sisters. And I think that like that's what I appreciated about this film is that is that see the you know, the opening scene in soul, you know, having Laura Jean go back to her roots. Um, to go to Korea and see this picture of her mom up in the in Seoul Tower and those lockets—it's such, such a famous um, landmark as well—and um, then having Peter talk to his father and and mend that in some way, shape, or form, and and having Doctor Cubby find love—you know—I thought what I liked about this film, and I think it did it on multiple occasions, was the subversion of the trope, right? So we still get to see our just like in You've Got Mail, you know, they name drop You've Got Mail. We see Laura Jean reading Pride and Prejudice. Those are tropes. I that thought about you when that know. happened. I know. I was uh, like, wait, no, what? actually, I, I actually
0: I actually missed the Pride and Prejudice thing, which I should not have missed given that I knew I was going to be doing this podcast with you. But I mean, I, I got the You Got Mail reference. So that was pretty I obvious.
2: was like, all my days <laughs> are here when Harry and Sally, You've Got Mail. <laughs> I was like, this movie is
1: made for me. But um, and, and when she said when she said all of the rom-coms are in New York, I was like, yeah. I, I was was need like, to be in New rushed. York. She's so
2: right. <laughs> yeah. so, I was like, I need to move to New York and find my NY152. Where is dude? New- you and I were talking about that like two months ago. We were like, we're moving yeah. to New York. You're yeah. like- <laughs> <laughs> Where's my NY152? Um, so I think that like the subversion of the trope in the sense that like, um, they're not, there's no evil stepmother. Trina is actually a really great stepmom and she really wants to get integrated into the family, but understands her boundaries. She's not
0: pretty chill, mom. pretty chill about letting, uh, Laura Jean skip school just to like sulk over a boy. Uh, good for her or not, mm-hmm. not, or not getting into the college she wants. Excuse me. She's just like, okay, well, yeah, I'll just level with you and have a conversation now. I'm not going to make you go to school. Even if like, I probably should as your stepmom. I was like, okay, yes. yeah. cool for I, you. good I, for Good for you. This
2: Tree. This is mature. Um, again, the, having them not, not losing, you know, having Laura G not lose her virginity on prom night, it wasn't the right space and time, not having her get into Stanford. There were just a lot of things that I felt like were way more realistic. The idea that she was going to transfer to Stanford even at some point. And then her finally deciding to say yes to NYU, you know, your first love might be your first love, but, um, I just liked that she, took it seriously. And, and she listened to her family members and her sister and, and went with her gut, you know, like, I'm not saying that first boyfriends and first loves don't last. But there's, I just think this film was really pragmatic for, for a teen rom-com, which is something I appreciate. And so.
0: Lisa, I'm guessing part of you feeling personally attacked by this movie was the way that Laura Jean fell in love with New York. How did this movie, capture that effect that New York can have on people very well if you can manage to uh, actually articulate that because it seems like you were just pretty overwhelmed from what I understand
1: man this is an unfair question but I did put on my letterbox Too bad. For you, so I appreciate it um the reaction that Laura Jean had if if I'm sure everyone else who loves New York is in the same boat but like when she looked out on that skyline I was like girl I've feel that this is just the way like and then being on the mta and although the whole like couch scene was like really cute that's not probably that's not usually how it goes down trying to get furniture on there it's miserable you're sweating a man is trying to talk to you but you still love it because like that's new york and like i know me on the struggle bus like i love california but you know new york has a special place in my heart and i'm like do i go back like you know I'm searching for a new job and the like, guy I'm talking to you in New York and, I'm, like, this whole movie made me feel like I had a crush and I was like, this movie just, like, is in the embodiment of, like, butterflies, crush, like, seventh grade that, like, you kind of still carry over into adulthood but you forget about sometimes. So just everything was very dreamlike and I was so thankful that, like, the second one, there were such cringe moments that I was worried it was going to happen a lot again, but it the, this third movie was more, like, dreamy crush cute you know actual relationship talk and like even if you're not in a relationship the ending was so well done about how like life is messy and you know you don't have to figure it out and that's not just in a relationship it's also in you know friendships and stuff like that too so but on a very watered down level it did make me miss new york i am looking at (laughs) your jobs right now there's a tab open but you know they did a good job about that.
0: Well, I was not going to put you on the job spot about your job search, Alyssa. But like I knew it, uh, I knew you felt like somewhat. Uh, uh, di- I felt. I know you felt like this film was somewhat like staring into your soul. And, and
1: I'm at Stanford right now. I'm living in Palo Alto. Like who read my diary? <laughs>
0: Honestly, um, this
1: is some ther-
2: This is cathartic. I
1: hope therapy. therapeutic. Yeah. I need a real therapist though. But this is free. Well, for so me.
0: I cannot relate to having a high school trip. Uh, At all? I mean, like, I thought that from the very first movie. I don't know if like y'all went to like Florida
1: kids. What did we get? We got to go to like an environmental study
0: center, Disney. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. Theme parks. Well, I mean, I'm sure that there are uh, some fancy high schools in Florida, not not the ones that we went to. I guess that like Uh maybe do those kind of trips. I don't know. Not mine. Uh, but like I can see how if you're an 18 year old that goes to New York City and on a very 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 lightly chaperoned trip, which I would say that is how what describes the one that they went on. Because I mean, if there's any kind of high school field trip, there's got to be chaperones. But they uh, went on out on their own, and they were organized enough to uh, divide them into groups that were like one thirds of the alphabet, but then they said, okay, well, now we'll let you do whatever you want with whatever small groups you want within those groups, and then you can go to uh, college parties, and we're not going to really give you a hard time. I can imagine if I was part of such a trip, then I would all of a sudden like be helping on going to college in New York. I'd been in New York before I went to college, but I like didn't actually ever consider going to college there, but I, like, I visit there regularly, and I could see I, I I thought it did a good job of just capturing. Hey, the city has like endless possibilities, and how someone could be seduced there to go there if they would already applied to a college there. Uh, I whether, just need
1: everyone to know that this is not this movie doesn't entirely relate to me because I got rejected from NYU. So
2: <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> hey, you no, know, I almost went. I got into Barnard, so I almost went to oh. New York. Yes. Oh my god, I did. Look oh. um, at you! You could have been
0: Mrs. Upper West Side.
2: I could have been Mrs. for West Side, but again, student loans, my friends. So um, I was almost, I did actually relate. Yo, for, Joe
0: Biden, get on your shit so people don't have to make the same sacrifices Denise did.
2: <laughs> Please, Joe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so in a way, Lissa, not to hijack your story, I, I think NYU, it was NYU's loss. Excuse me. Um, of course you know, I, it was. Yes, I felt the same way, you know. I, I never personally visited. I had visited New York uh, once before I went to college, but I had never done, like, a campus tour. I totally would have been, like, head over heels in love with the city. I think that, like, especially at a young age, at 17, 18, such a gigantic city, it, like, it just overwhelms you, but also fascinates you. Um, there's just so, there's, you never run out of things, and, like, at 18, we're all hyper inquisitive and and looking for stuff to do, and, i mean new york just represents so many like open dreams for people and th- at 18 what else do you think of but like the whole i'm invincible like the whole world is my oyster so it are, makes
0: perfect are the nyu guys hotter as they said in this movie do you guys have any reference points for that
2: uh, yes. <laughs> I think Columbia guys are hotter maybe that's just me but perhaps
0: the, the, the what guys
2: the Columbia guys.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Wait, but Denise was going to come to San Francisco at one point, so I was going to sure. show her California guys. So Yes. Well, this is t- this this is TV. TV. well, yeah, Denise can go
0: find her own Peter Kavinsky at some point, I
2: guess. <laughs> Stanford.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. But I wanted to get you all's thoughts on that, because I know you all both spent, like, your own share of time in New York City, as have I. I just never really got to do it as, like, an 18-year-old uh, doing my own thing. And I – i don't know i don't know exactly how to describe how this movie did it other than the fact that they shot those new york scenes very well but i was like totally with it when laura jean was like all of a sudden like yo like i kind of want to be there she really did spring it on peter and like i said i thought like those scenes are really well written when uh it did have to come to that and i totally understood uh where she was coming from and uh who knows? I don't know if m- many 18-year-old guys would be as like understanding as him. If you go back and listen to the first podcast we did, I think you guys would hear me. I th- recall myself vaguely saying something about how, is this guy almost too perfect? But he was pretty reasonable and I kind of liked that they just went that route with this movie when she ultimately came to that conclusion. And I thought they, like I said, I thought they uh, shot the New York scenes like, I don't know, very well. I And I don't know, I mean, feel weird even trying to run through it at this point because that was like the majority of the movie once she like once they go to prom like I feel like we've already like largely talked it through
2: all of the dream sequences I thought were super funny where Laura Jean is like and then we're gonna get married and then I'm gonna have my book you know my book deal it's so true it's always like that I honestly I honestly
0: I honestly totally forgot about those did you guys like how they pulled those off
2: I I personally I really enjoyed them I liked how it was going in reverse when she got rejected I thought that was kind of funny Um, I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I, I feel like I great examples of like, I, I, I totally think about like plan things out before they even have it. Like, I'm sure we've all been on a date and we're like, Oh my God, what are wedding cards look like? It's so ridiculous. But sometimes you, you have like, there's something to be said about the fantasy of, 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 of something that just is what kind of makes everybody continue on with, whatever it is that they're doing in it. and I think that like it is very teenage when she's like my life is over when she doesn't get into Stanford and then she's like and when we go to Stanford we're going to last forever there is that like naivete right of, of a high school romance that there, we can all appreciate there my was a weird moment very, like cry it out now girl because it's going to happen <laughs> again I was girl. like,
0: <laughs> there was a weird moment at that point in the movie like where again I thought they paced that stuff out very well but it was mainly because my expectations got very low based on how the second movie turned out and like what I knew about the OC. And I was like, Oh my God, she's going to be misleading him the whole movie. But at a certain point they'd already mentioned that she applied to Berkeley. So when she was like freaking out about not getting into Stanford, I was like, but, like, you applied to Berkeley. Like, that's—I don't know. I was going to, like—at that point in the movie, I was already thinking about planning a segment of the podcast making Lissa explain the geography of Northern California yeah. as to, like, how far Berkeley and Stanford were. Because I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to make a huge deal out of this when she, like, could go to Berkeley? And then thankfully the movie, like, acknowledged that that could have been a possibility— And then just, like, it didn't go there. And I kind of respected it, the fact that it did not dwell on that. But, like, that was where my head went for, like, a large portion of it. But actually, what I want to do now is I want to ask you guys about the ending. I know I uh, was a a little confused about where I wanted to go with this, but I'd like to just jump to the ending since we already decided we weren't going to do a spoiler section. And then I'll ask about some of the odds and ends and some of the supporting characters and all that. But it sounds like we were all possibly in agreement about the fact that, like, a better, more realistic ending would have been, hey they ended at a a good spot in their relationship but decided they should have gone their separate ways because i thought that would have been maybe like a good message for i don't know people of that demographic that are watching this movie and realize they don't have to like feel tied to their first love in high school and they can probably find like a good a good spot to end up on uh what were you guys thinking as this movie ended I, i will give it credit i mean I don't blame it that much for like having them end up "quote unquote" together. I kind of like how you guys had your own discussion and already concluded that they aren't lasting beyond the first semester of college. But I also get how it's like you've invested a lot of time into this. It's based on the book. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna knock it too much because I thought the rest of the movie was executed pretty well. What were you? But I, I will give it enough credit that I thought the movie was well done enough that like I honestly thought it might go there. So I feel like I give it more credit and I almost like praise it more for that just the fact that it, i didn't know where it might go i thought it might go there and i was in suspense like as to like how they would end up i spent a large part of this movie thinking like hey it might have them not end up together uh i don't know denise what were you thinking as this movie came to an end what did you want to happen and how did you feel about where it ultimately decided to wrap itself up
2: yeah i'm so glad you mentioned this Because i was like Once we get on this podcast, I will mention how the structure of all three to all the boys I've loved before films have some sort of conflict between Laura Jean and Peter. They break up for some unidentified amount of time and then he just shows up just like in Say Anything with the boombox. Like he just shows up and we all we're just supposed to believe that this like against all odds couple that has broken up between two to three times. Right. If we really think about the first film. Um, they're, they're just going to last, you know, and this is like in the same perimeter as each other. I don't know. I, I was, I, I, that was, that earned an eye roll for me to be honest with you Where like, um, and I knew it was, I don't know about you guys, but I knew it was coming when Kitty's like, you should go when she's checking her texts and she's like, you should go check the garden or you should go pick up, you know, your stuff. I was, I just knew that he was going to show up with some weird, I didn't realize it was going to be the contract, but to me, that's where the film lost me in terms of relatability, realistic nature. Like if I were Laura Dean, like I would personally would not have taken him back. I think I would have seen it as, a. I mean, I'm not her, but I would have seen it as a sign from God or whatever you want to call it. That's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to start fresh, right. I'm, I'm moving across the country to New York. Um, I'm going to start my, my life anew. And I, I mean, I guess that is just proves that like teenagers are are, are like well my first love let me try let me try um i just think that like to me ending this film and and i guess the book series with you know he was my first love he was the one i wrote my first love letters to and i learned so much in that relationship but uh i'm moving forward
0: that would have made much more so sense. going off of that not that the movie needed to go there but lissa do you think that she still could have lost her virginity to peter and still not ended up with him at the end and still felt like a good choice? Like, could she have been like, all right, sure. You mean enough to me that, hey, I want you to be my first, but we don't need to be together forever. Or would that have felt kind of weird?
1: No, I think, I think that would have been a little weird. Okay. I'm kind of glad that they had waited. And then I think we're assuming that night it happened. She lost her
0: virginity, Yes, I think we can assume that, yes.
1: I think that was worth the wait and that shows other like younger people that are watching like it's worth the wait. You don't have to rush it. There's like not a perfect timing, but there's like you'll feel it when it's right. You know, kind of like with the song thing.
0: But what if she what I'm asking you guys If what if they had just done it? Then she'd been like, all right, (laughs) you'll always have a special place in my heart. I think America's not ready for that. I mean, I was going to say we're not ready for that. Okay, I was going to say I didn't know if that was too that would have been like too much. I just my head was like, oh, that would have been actually a mature place for them to end it for her to be like, okay, like you'll always mean a lot to me. You we did this, but like I want to go my own separate ways. I'm like I would have respected that, but at the same time, I kind of get it if like we don't expect Netflix to go there, you know? Yeah. Because
1: now that you guys are saying it, I'm kind of torn because I liked the ending, but then you guys are discussing it right now, and I'm like, did I? But then
0: I know, didn't. I didn't dislike it. it. I was just like, I, I in my head, I, I didn't actually make the same calculation that either two of you did, but I was like, right. all right, there's no way these people last. But so, then
1: Peter did make the comment, like, let's just get over with now. I don't want to break up in, in three or six months. You know, and I thought that was a good comment because a lot of long distance tends to just break up in a few months after college just started. But then on another note, I'm like, I kind of want to see like a healthy long distance relationship. But like, I'm sure a few of us know personal stories of friends that it doesn't end like that. It usually ends up really badly. But if they wanted to make it long distance, it would have been nice to seen to see like a fourth film and how that's working, you know.
2: You know what it is, though, and I'm curious to know what you both think. I think, um, not that this is a great example of a long distance relationship, but it's the first rom com I thought of um, is Sleepless in Seattle.
0: I think that's not is- a long distance relationship. No. That, that, that is a very <laughs> one sided thing. Denise
1: just wants to find any way to bring Sleepless in no, Seattle. No 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 no, 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 no. Hey, I give
0: Denise credit. I think I, I've talked to her about this before. Like, we agree it's like a lesser nor Ephron thing compared to like it's- you've got male and Harry met Sally.
2: It is, but I think the mechanics of this idea of a cross, um, like a, a cross, like a cross continental ro- uh, romance, makes much more sense when you have two adults than it is for two people going to college and experiencing all the firsts of college. There is a reason that couples break up during college, whereas you might think of like, you know, people who are twenty six and somebody gets a job somewhere else. They might be more inclined when they're closer to, for example, marriage age or whatever it is. They're they're probably more inclined to keep that
0: relationship going. Well, one thing I one one thing I had to ask, but one thing I meant to ask both of you was: Do you know any? Do you personally know anyone from high school that like did long distance for all four years of college and then ended up together? That's a good question. I don't think I did. I mean, maybe there's someone that right, did, yeah, and I'm just not go. aware of it. I there was a lot of people in high school I didn't talk to, but it's just not a very common thing. And I don't blame a movie franchise for wanting to give people a happy ending, even if we can all agree. Probably not gonna end up together or they're probably gonna have to like at least go their separate ways for at least part of college to like, you know, do their own thing. But I was just like, ah oh, man, like I I you don't need to sell me on this. Like there's a way they could have like come to their own happy ending and decided, hey, we'll always have a special place in each other's hearts, but like we right. should probably just like, you know, explore other things. And if if yeah. they're not gonna go to the same school. If Laura Jean had just gotten to Stanford, I wonder That would have been almost more interesting if she had just gotten into Stanford but then fell in love with NYU in New York. Like, that would have almost been, like, a more bolder choice for her to make. Um, I'm not saying the movie had to go there, but, like, I would have been like, whoa, like, that might have been, like, a bigger test for them to have to somehow, like, write their way into them ending up together after that, if she still wanted to go to NYU, that would have been pretty interesting, too. That
1: would have have really hit me hard, because I I went to SCAD for a few months. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) You have. I'm just kidding. Sorry.
0: That was, like, a thought I had was, like, what if she had gotten to Stanford and then still gone on the New York trip and then had to tell Peter, yeah, I want to go to New York. Like, not saying they couldn't have worked through it, but that was a thought I had at one point was, like, oh, man, like, that would have, like, even, like, almost made it hit a little harder Though at the same time, if they wanted to end up with them being together, like that made it might have been a harder sell at the end. I don't know.
1: I know. I think the end was such. I'm really curious. I haven't read a lot of reviews yet, but I'm so curious to see what people think of the ending because I feel like it was such a neutral ending that like how can you how can you really hate it or how can you really love it you know like it was such a good callback to the love letters like i mean how can you not mm-hmm. cheese at the end of that
0: but you know no, i, I laughed at that last line of the movie too where it was like oh 3000 miles is like good for a love letters so letter good for love or. letters
2: i was like i was like that's so uh, typical like ee. i don't know about how you guys feel about this but and i again i haven't read the book so perhaps this is answered there i kind of wanted to see a little bit of, like, a, a tying back to the original guise of The Love Letters and, like, even, like, all of this, perhaps, like, it was unnecessary, but I, I wish there would have been a little bit more of, like, a a connection there. Maybe, maybe it was extraneous, but... Yeah, well,
0: so, oh shoot, well, I did not rewatch the first one um, or that first part of the first one, but uh, obviously one of the original recipients of Love Letters was Peter, who is obviously still a very big part of this and uh, still her partner as of the end of this movie. One of them was uh, Lucas who is in this movie but is gay uh, who I would like to see more of. I was gonna ask you guys more about the supporting characters. I like that guy I like that actor I like that character. Uh, another one was John Ambrose who uh, was uh, wrongly passed uh, passed up, passed up uh, in the second movie by Orgene because uh, he was just like a much a, m- a much better option for her but like she was drawn to Peter fine. Uh, and I don't, I honestly don't remember the others, like if there were any others or whatever, but it was them.
2: boyfriend.
0: Oh yeah. And Josh, right. Right. Uh, who who okay. was the impetus for like the, um, first movie, but he was not even in the second movie himself. Um, and I, again, I like that actor. I don't know how you would have worked him back in, but yeah, I agree. I mean, if they had found a way to do that, it would have, uh, it would have been, uh, you know, uh, rather, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It would have, it, I don't know. It would have brought everything together in an, in, a, in a, a, complete way, but
2: Still cohesive, maybe
0: so what? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Still cohesive. Maybe. Cohesive. That's a good word for it. Yeah. So that was, that, that's a thing they could have done in some way. And I don't know if they hadn't, if they, if they had allowed them to go their separate ways, like I'm saying they probably should have, because as we all agree, they're probably going to end up doing that in the world of this movie. Like Laura Jean's going to have a lot of options in New York city uh they could have been like yo here are these love letters remember she had all these guys as options to her when she was in like fifth grade or whatever so you know there's a whole world of options now that she lives in like the biggest city in the country
1: yeah and i was gonna add too i really like the montage i don't know how you guys felt about it montage it was like the credits montage oh okay okay (laughs) oh you really like that
0: huh Uh, i uh, (laughs) no. well wait what, what, what? wait
2: wasn't there credits montage like they were showing yeah there like, was like was bench. Sure 12 minutes left i was like "What are?" that there? is
0: a, that is kind of a thing in netflix movies <laughs> it's like so.
1: marvel's end credit at the end of yeah, I was like, <laughs> what, what are we
2: waiting for wait, I, I, like, I feel like man? i might have
0: skipped through some of it now i'm trying to remember uh what, what was what do what you what are you thinking of when you say you like the montage because I, I feel like i remember something but i'm not like i think they showed like some of like her life
1: Wait, maybe now I'm misremembering. I think uh, the end was so cute. I was like I was such in a state of euphoria. Um, it was no, like so I don't think you're
0: wrong. I just think I don't remember.
1: The love letters thing it's just like, you know, what's three thousand miles good for? Love letters and then like it hits and then it's like the end, then it's like the credits is just like them uh, double screening like the current and where they first met of like different locations, like the bench, oh, where yeah, the yeah, contract, yeah, yeah. like stuff like that. That's what I mean by montage.
2: Like they oh, had should, the sort of
1: like double screen
2: version of it. Yeah. I think it was more of like, I, I wonder if it was even just like, for all our fans who stuck through watching all three films, like here's a little Easter egg for you. <laughs> Thank <with friends>. you. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, no. It was certainly fun. And I should have uh, picked up on that. And I mean, I think I might've just like pieced out, but, uh, before, before you wrap up talking about it, I want to ask you guys about everything else in this movie. We didn't talk about it. Kitty discovering boys, or uh, Chris, hey. or, or Chris having an on and on, on again, off again boyfriend uh i, I want to know like uh did you have any other extraneous storylines or things about this movie that you guys uh really enjoyed because i was i i am I'm, I'm just genuinely kind of curious because i like a lot of the supporting characters in these movies I, I mentioned jen who i was like oh wow like i i almost don't think they did enough in the second movie to all of a sudden make her super nice but it kind of reminded me of Booksmart. how at the end of Booksmart, uh you know uh the the Uh, Molly has to become friends with the girl that had been kind of mean to her and I was like you know that's actually kind of a thing in high school like you might just not get along with someone for like two years and then all of a sudden it might change so it actually didn't ring that false to me even if I was kind of confused at first enough to have to go back to the last movie I didn't dock at a lot of points for that I actually thought that rang kind of true uh what did you think about like the rest of this world outside of uh Laura Jean and Peter Alyssa because uh we've only really talked about that
1: Oh man, um, Kitty. Just Kitty. We have to. I don't know her, the actress's name, but we have to. Do you
0: know it, Josh? I mean, I, I I I have it up here. Her name is Anna Cathcart. Thank
1: you. Anna deserves all the awards. She was so she's so consistent. In all these they companies. did
0: not like Harry Potter. How dare he!
1: And then what a queen. She risked watching boring ass baseball for him. <laughs> like she was right. That is not a good trade off. She was such a great actress in this film. And then she discovered boys. And like, even though her meeting day was kind of cringy, it was it was still really cute. And I'm so glad they got to Seoul. So it was like it was nice to get out of the US and kind of show, you know, that their their culture in the past and finding the lock. So between Kitty, um, between how good the music was, the music was top notch yeah, in my opinion. Top. I was listening to the playlist all all day today impeccable pop um uh you know like like Denise mentioned earlier uh, Trina and the dad were, were a really cute love story. And they even tied it together with the older sister, you know, her being far away, but Trina saying, you know, I want you to realize this is like, you know, this is your home. I'll just say, I don't,
0: I'm not a fan of Margot. Like, why do you go to Scotland? Like you could have gone like internationally for college (laughs) and literally went as far away from that as possible. When we were meant to think this is a really tight family and like, she could have gone, I don't know. Uh, I, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't think we ever got a good enough explanation for why she needed to go so far away. When we but it made family. for that
1: sick burn at, and in the middle
0: that, of the was, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I almost gasped at that when she was like, "Well, oh, like I good. care about the family. Yeah, I was like, whoa,
2: Laura Jean, that is harsh. I think Margot, I have to be honest, I think Margot was underutilized in number two and number three. But it, unfortunately, like, when you have a two-hour run time, you can only do so much. And, and we really... They really want to sell us on this, you know, romance between Lara and Peter coming into into college, which I think we just didn't buy, but it is what it is. Um, Yeah, I love them all. I agree. Kitty was probably my favorite supporting character. I think it was great to have Chris in more of a
0: she's delightful i don't even know that actress's name but she is delightful
2: great she's great i actually would have loved to see more of her and trevor i think their dynamic and we saw it at prom i thought their dynamic was hilarious where he's like i just love trevor and i like ross butler anyway but he was just like yeah no i want to have a, an awful time like i just thought that was so funny i think the two of them um is he actually, in a, is he
0: in any other stuff besides like he's in 13 reasons why i River. think is he in he anything was. else and
2: I feel like he was reggie in riverdale and they totally like changed him out. Tell me I'm wrong because I think Ross Butler played um Reggie in Riverdale for like a hot second and you're, then you, they- no
0: you're you're right. I'm looking at it now. He was in that okay. and he was also in Shazam which is what I think I might have also known. Right. For, but yeah. Good yeah. for him.
2: A handsome guy. I mean what can I say? He's,
0: He's a very attractive guy. I feel very comfortable saying that as like a heterosexual man. Like I'm like wow like Chris like you should probably just be like totally into this dude even though you're trying I'm to play like, too hard to get
2: <laughs> if you won't I will. I know
0: I know <laughs> I, I think as, as a connoisseur of the genre, Denise, I think you can probably agree that, like, Two Hours is also kind of pushing it for the runtime, though, of a rom-com. Like, they probably often come in a little less than that. But, and, well, there was, like, 11 minutes of credits in this movie that was, like, an hour and 55 minutes or whatever. But they gave me enough of everyone. You know, I we talked for the first 45 minutes of the podcast about Laura Jean and Peter, but, like, I got a cert- I certainly got a big enough kick out of Chris and uh, uh, Trevor and like I would have been totally fine if we got like more of them too uh, but like I didn't feel like I got too little of them and Kitty got off her one-liners and that actress has become less annoying I wrote that specifically in my notes like I I, 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 I have memories of that even though it's been like two and a half years since we did like the first of these podcasts I remember thinking like oh man that, that she's just kind of annoying even though I get it that she's the precocious child and I I feel like that actress has gotten better even if they didn't give her that that much to do i got a kick out of her bitching about her uh korean boyfriend and i thought it was very funny and she did fine and i wasn't bothered by her and i i don't know i really like chris i thought that like, like i said, i bought how jane got worked in i don't know it, it's a very big ensemble and like a lot of these people are fairly probably big deals now because netflix has like a ton of people that watch these movies i didn't do a full survey of it but i'm guessing all of them have several hundred thousand instagram followers they are probably all fairly known entities in their own right to uh, to a certain demographic and i just think they it does a pretty good job of servicing all of them and that's basically my only other final thought i know it's a it's a broad one but it's just i i feel like there's probably a little pressure on them to like give these people something to do like i said i could have used more lucas but other than that very happy with how they rounded out uh their ensemble
2: i have a hot take and i'm curious how you guys feel and i think that this would give it be to perfect. us okay this hasn't. This actually really only tangentially has to do with to all the boys, but it's something that you made me think about, Josh, when you said that. Is that? Like I think Bridgerton is probably, if not the most watched television show on like Netflix has ever had. It was like- no, 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 no. It,
0: it was as of like a few weeks ago that new show okay. uh, Lupin. I think passed it, which I have not watched yet. But I have watched Bridgerton. I was going to talk to you about that, but I haven't. Okay, it.
2: I have not. So for I have not seen it, but I would love to what? talk about it on the podcast. Oh my god! I,
0: I was assuming you had before no, me.
2: I've been so busy. No, but 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 you know what's interesting is that people are craving romance, right? Like.
0: Netflix the male lead in Bridgerton is hosting SNL in two days uh oh, that's I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna not get to post this podcast until like within like seven hours of that happening and I cannot name one other thing that guy has ever done besides Bridgerton besides that shows you how big Bridgerton is like SNL like I, I think Lisa's is a pretty big SNL fan too like you have to be a certain level of celebrity to like normally host SNL and yeah. like the male lead yeah. in Bridgerton is about to host SNL
1: like, no. That's a big deal because I don't know, to be honest, I
2: don't know what else he's from. No, I don't either. No. And so I think that like this appetite for romance, whether it's a television series or a film is so apparent and clear. And I think, I mean, not to overanalyze and put on like my therapist cap, but people have been lonely, right? There's a ton of single people out here. There's a ton of people who haven't Wow, seen stop picking on friends. me, Denise. I'm sorry, <laughs> but in the pandemic, right? If you didn't lock down a bay in the pandemic, you probably don't have one, right? So I think this there's something really comforting about this type of media. And, like, I've always talked about rom-coms and, like, romantic television shows that way. K-dramas. Um, they don't know else, right? I think that, like, ultimately, to me, this this is related, right? Like, the, To All the Boys always does super well. All three of those films have, have I assume, done, done well. Even if it, like if critically it's not necessarily like a 90% Rotten Tomato score, tons of people do watch these films because I consistently see it like number one, number two today on, on Netflix US, you know? So I, I do think that, that, and I hope that um, Netflix does kind of revitalize um, romance and the romance genre um, and, and and bring some of that back because it seems like people are really interested in that.
0: Lisa, any final thoughts on To All the Boys, Always and Forever? Oh, man. Just
1: if if everyone's listening after our conversation, as you can tell, we're still picking apart, like, good parts and even hot takes. So I think that goes to show that it's not as bad as the second film, but it might not be the first film, but it's still a good one to watch, especially during a pandemic. Like Denise was saying, we're all fantasizing. If you're single, we'll, we're all perceiving people on social media because right. we're not date right now. So I think this is the perfect film to make you feel like you have like a seventh grade crush and I'd recommend it as escapism for sure.
0: (laughs) I have two random thoughts before we sign off. Uh, One of them is I don't agree with uh, Laura Jean's uh, philosophy about touring college campuses. Uh, At one point she says when Peter first tries to tell her about going to Stanford and she doesn't want to see his picture, she says it's bad luck to see campus before you get in. I don't think that's very practical given when college acceptances often come in in the spring you should do your college tours before then that did not make any sense to me I just think that was kind of silly uh, and my other random thought was I think uh the, the 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 covey household needs to find a better way to watch movies and television because uh, she and Peter watch a movie and they are in the living room on the couch but they have uh been watching it on the laptop with with e- with, with each with of AirPods. them with each of them having one airpod and I feel like you should be able to like have a sound system that doesn't wake up the people upstairs that you can still airplay something to the TV if you want to. Just saying, those are my two uh, little nitpicks. Just thinking, I don't know. was the two things that jumped out I had to mention before we signed off. Other than that, really like the movie. Uh, again, my theory was that maybe they didn't have to end up together at the end. But even with me disagreeing with the ending, I still think it was really good and way closer in quality to the first one than it was to the second one, which was not not great, Bob. So uh, that's where I come down on that. Uh, Denise, before we sign off, anything else you want to recommend to the listeners that you've been watching recently? I know you've been very busy at work, but if you had time to consume any media, you want to recommend to us?
2: Oh, my goodness. I w- no television or movies. Otherwise, I'd be like, hey, I've just watched this, but... Um, hopefully by the next time. People have been watching,
0: doing books recently too. You can do a book or something else.
2: Right. Um, oh man, I honestly I'm just gonna, you know what I'm going to say I'm just going to say the new Haim song <laughs> just dropped with uh, the the Taylor Swift remix and it's actually really good. I like Haim in general, so I, I suggest everybody... Wait, watch wait, me. wait. So
0: did, I'm not a very good music person. I, the only two full albums I've listened to in the last calendar year are both the Taylor Swift albums. I do not know shit about music. So are, are you telling me there's a Haim song that featured Taylor Swift?
2: Yeah. So, As opposed to
0: Nobody No Crime that the Taylor Swift song correct. featuring
2: Haim. Women in Music Part 3 now has a remix. Mm. Um, or like one of the songs on there, which is Gasoline and Taylor Swift is on it. and I, It just dropped tonight. I would highly recommend um, it's really good. I like the original and, um, you know, I'm a sucker for Taylor Swift. And then, of course, her love story repackaged. I've been listening to it all day. I, I felt like I was back in the seventh grade again. Um, so pretty, pretty on on track for the type of film we were talking about today. So I would say those are my recos. Of course, um, if you want to whenever it is that I get to updating it, if, if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, I am at it was a romcom, um, you know, be on the lookout.
0: All right. Now that Denise has made me feel sufficiently old by saying she was in seventh grade when Love Story was released, Lisa, do you have anything to plug?
1: Oh, my God. How can I follow that? Um, yes. I... Or, or
0: recommend. Sorry. You can you can shout out your letterbox or, or whatever. But if you want to do it all in one fell swoop.
1: Oh, yeah. So for my full therapy breakdown, you can follow me on Letterboxd at Lisa, Lisa, Lissa, Lissa, <laughs> L-I-S-S-A, twice. Um, the, uh, not too much detail, but even more detail after the podcast. Um, and I guess uh, I am reading Twilight for my for my um, I'm rereading Twilight for my Disney book club, which I'm excited about. But I also am reading um, I'm Being a Good Film Girl and I got uh, Adam Neiman's, uh Paul Thomas Anderson novel and it is really good so far i'm trying to do masterworks like is what it's called i
0: believe
1: yes yeah paul thomas anderson and his master i think masterworks but he actually just teased on twitter the other day that he's going to be doing fincher we believe next so definitely i'm not going to wait as long as i did to get pta's book as i will for fincher but i'm um, excited for that and i'm reading those and i recommend them
0: yeah adam namen's a uh, he's, a, I think he's actually a film professor in Toronto, but he writes for The Ringer a lot, so he's a good, good guy to check out if you are just looking for another critic to read. As usual, um, I'm Josh Dernivoy on Letterboxd, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y, and same thing on Twitter, podcast Twitter is at Rewind RewindMoviePod, podcast email is at RewindMoviePod at gmail.com. As far as a recommendation, uh, please watch judas and the black messiah it will be the next podcast i put out with at least daniel uh or who's a recurring guest maybe our friend josh as well and i it's on hbo max so there's really not an excuse not to watch it it's a really important film uh fred hampton is someone that i should have known more about than i did who uh was the head of the illinois chapter of the black panthers in chicago and uh it's like you, if you watched Trial of the Chicago 7 in the fall, which a lot of people did because it was on Netflix and a lot of people watched stuff on Netflix, you saw a brief bit of Fred Hampton. But if you want to get his full story and as well as – or I don't want to say his full story because I think part of what is genius about Judas and the Black Messiah is that is it is not a biopic in the traditional sense and that it's not a cradle to the grave story. But you get a great sense of who Fred Hampton was as well as why the U.S. government felt so threatened by the Black Panthers to the point where he had to take some ridiculous measures to – Uh, keep them in check that it should never have done because the Black Panther stood for a lot of good things that are way more mainstream now than they were then and they were very ahead of their time and it's I think it's really important that people learn a lot about them and I think uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is very entertaining while also being a great education so thanks to everyone for listening today thanks again to Lissa and Denise for joining me and uh, like I said coming up next you'll hear us talk about Judas and the Black Messiah so stay tuned for that and thanks for listening we'll see you next time.